does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Previously on Kevin Inquiry. Did you happen to see Edron James's son's name, who is, well, I think, getting a lot of looks to play college basketball? His first name starts with the same letter of his last name. You guys care to give any guesses as to what Edge's son, a four-star point guard? Is it a legitimate first name or is this a nickname? I didn't see the birth certificate. I'd be curious to know that. How many letters? One more than Wordle. We'll go with six letters. Jungle. Jungle. Mark, you got any guesses? Jeez, I, I don't know. No idea. Jizzle James. Oh. <laughs> don't shorten that name then. What? Jizzle James. Boy, oh boy. Mr. There Jizzle are a lot James. of ways I can take that, and I'm just, I, I've decided as, as part of my maturation, I, I'm just going to lay out. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> J I Z. And then we'll throw another Z in there. Z-L-E. I'm not going to get in trouble for looking this up, am I? That, I mean, that's. I would be worried as to what pages that might... That sounds like a name Are you thinking about NIL deals for Jizzle? Okay. I can think of a... Never mind. So, yes, Jizzle will be coming to a college what? campus. Come on. That was intentional. What? I just said we're struggling with okay. names, and I don't think that will make our name list. I don't think Jizzle has a great, a great ring okay. to it. I'm, I'm glad you didn't throw in, like... Old Miss with the rest of the, the line there, but maybe part of South Carolina. No. My name is. My name is. My name is. Spoiler: We didn't go with Jizzle Bowen. Max has a little different ring to it than Jizzle. Jizzle James. Where right? did he end up playing? Is it Cincinnati? For some reason, I think I was where he ended up. Hey, Courtney. Going. Uh, Courtney Cronin and ESPN.com going to join us here in just a second. Um, I guess we failed to mention this on the Jonathan Taylor front, and Wes was texting me about how confusing this situation is. Jake, we said during the show yesterday, at that point, Jonathan Taylor had yet to show up to practice. He never did. Um, it just seems a bit fishy and odd to me that Jonathan Taylor is the only Colts injured player that is supposedly at Grand Park that was not at practice. Yeah, I mean, I... Especially considering, I mean, wasn't it like this story continues to get of insinuated he was going to be back, and it's like I'm not sure, you know. I mean, he was here, but not at practice, and uh, yeah, it, very, very odd uh, to me. All right, let's head to the Palace Slickers Hotline. You see her all over ESPN. Um, she's doing an outstanding job in her variety of roles with the network. She's also a graduate of Indiana University. She is Courtney Cronin, and I believe she's going to call Westfield, Indiana, home for the next couple of days. Courtney, always great to hear from you. Good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? We're doing well. Um, I asked Mark Dykton, who's a diehard Bears fan, our producer, this question uh, earlier in the show, so I'll ask it to you. Where are the Bears good and where are they bad, a.k.a. like <laughs> what should Colts fans be looking for here in the next couple days? Well, I think what you saw from the preseason game, and yes, I know Justin Fields, three for three, 129 yard stat line is, is pretty deceiving because two of those passes came from behind the line of scrimmage, but you're seeing the quarterback get the ball out faster. You're seeing the short game, the screens, the slants, the quick outs, all of those things that just didn't exist in the bears offense or exist to a point where it was functional last year. 
that's where they're making their hay in training camp. And it doesn't look pretty every day. We've had a lot of days where the two-minute drill is, you know, a lot of situations that don't work out for the offense. And they end up leaving the field having not scored and having to go back to the drawing board to figure out what they did wrong. But offensively, watching the strides this team has made, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable to go from where we were 365 days ago with a receiving core that was just, you know, a mishmash conglomerate of guys that didn't really have defined roles to what Justin Fields now has surrounding him. So that's certainly a strength of this team. And, you know, defensively, the eight sacks that they had in the preseason game, I know a lot of those were against backups, but they're rushing the passer better than they were a year ago. I mean, seriously, this team was a 3-14 and 14 team by design last year. Nobody will say that they actually were, like, competitive in games because they weren't supposed to be. They were trying to get the number one overall pick. They did. And all the moves they've made this offseason have helped them get better in a number of areas. But I still think – You know, some of the injuries that they have right now at the linebacker position, not having Tremaine Edmonds out there and seeing how this secondary is coming together. There's a battle over at the cornerback, uh, the CB2 spot. I just wrote about it at ESPN.com. I think they're still growing. I mean, there's no area that stands out right now, unlike last year, where you're like, wow, that's really terrible. They're going to have a lot of problems with their pass rush, with this, with that. And they've They've made some active moves. They've been active in free agency and certainly the last couple of weeks, even going out to get Yannick Ngakwe. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely holes still on this roster, but it's come a long way from where this team was at this point last year. Courtney, I think that Chicago offers perhaps kind of a look into a crystal ball for Indianapolis. And by that, I mean this. For Colts fans, we now know Anthony Richardson. You know, they've handed the keys over to him. Justin Fields, I think, is a similar style of player, similar size player. Justin Fields, obviously, was more decorated in terms of experience coming out of college. But if you could give a preview for Colts fans, Justin Fields now entering year three. At what point did you see on field where it was very clear that things were starting to come together for him and where you started to feel the confidence that, yes, in fact, this was going to be the guy or is Chicago still navigating that with him? It's twofold. The first part of the of the first answer to your question is week seven against the Patriots last year. That was the Monday night game after they had that disastrous. I think it was 12 to six, 12 to seven loss to the Washington commanders on Thursday night football. I remember writing a story at that time about, well, what can they do to get him out of this rut? Because it was the play calling. It was play design. It was, certainly a lack of talent around the quarterback and it felt like Justin Fields never really had a chance early on. They started tapping into his best asset, which was his legs. And you started seeing more design runs, especially in the red zone. And you started seeing the way that they were changing up with, you know, their pass protection, some of the protections that he was calling. And when they were playing, he had to play last year with one hand tied behind his back. That's exactly what he was set up to do. And I think he did remarkably well of that second all time for a quarterback in terms of rushing yards in the season, like the passing game wasn't there, but it wasn't supposed to be because they just didn't have viable talent out there to help him grow as a passer. And the pass protection was leaky too. So I think that you can, you saw moments where, Hey, if they add this, this element of the game will be better and easier for Justin Fields. If they can fix this, 
a lot more things will come together. That's probably what the Colts are going to end up having to do this year with Anthony Richardson, knowing that, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you guys call it a rebuild or what you call it, but when you're in position to draft a quarterback, and especially a rookie with such a high ceiling, but somebody who lacks the experience like Anthony Richardson, there's going to be lumps that come with that. I mean, I was a little surprised to see Shane Steichen announce him as a starter yesterday. I really thought they were going to let this thing go on, but it also makes sense to stop the quarterback competition where it is so you can then tailor the offense to Anthony Richardson and expect that there will be those rookie lumps that he's going to probably have to take quite a few of but you can at least start the growing process there. And I you could also the did last year. Yeah, I agree with that. In addition to that, as, as I was saying, and I think I wanted you to kind of shed light on whether or not you saw this with Justin Fields, and that is that defenses eventually learn to adjust. I mean, they see quarterback on film, they come out with new looks. Quarterback then has to go through kind of a reinvention again, and so you might as well start that as early as possible, right? And I would imagine that Fields you know, some 20-plus games now in, as you just talked about. They had to kind of reinvent some things, right? Yeah, they did. And, you know, going back to his rookie year, I mean, again, there's a reason there's a completely different front office and coaching staff because they didn't handle that well with him as a rookie. I understand that they had this pseudo-quarterback competition, and it made no sense. I think that the Colts have been approaching it the right way, where you you drafted – this guy fourth overall because you expect him to be your franchise quarterback one day you're going to give him every opportunity to do that and like what they did with field last year I mean they had a lot of undoing that they had to do before they could get him ready to play they had to change his footwork they had to change his throwing mechanics they had to you know this offense is predicated on rhythm and timing there was a lot of learning that he had to overcome first in order to master this offense on a very surface level and now what you're seeing in year two is he can go deeper in the playbook. He can go deeper in the concepts. They can add more shifts and motions pre-snap to help him become a better quarterback. And that's probably the, the route that the Colts are going to have to take with a new head coach, a new play caller for Anthony Richardson, a new quarterback in Anthony Richardson, and seeing what strides they can make in year one to find those signs of growth to show you it's on the right track. So at this time next year, it looks different. She's Courtney Cronin. You hear, you see her all over ESPN, and I've told her this several times, and she's very gracious with her time to speak to my class each year at IU. Um, she's a huge reason why I thought, you know what, multi-platform journalism, that's the career path Courtney Cronin has carved out. I think that is what works in today's media climate, so let's create a class about that. So, Courtney, thank you uh, for the time that you give uh, to IU students each spring. And I guess I'll toss this in there for a little Bloomington bit. Uh, the Bears have a bye week. You go back to Bloomington, you've got two bars to stop at, you've got one restaurant to stop at. What are the two bars, and what's the one restaurant? So they have the week, I want to say it's week 13 by again this year, which at that point, Ooh, that's late. You know, you're just crashing and burning into the finish line. It's December, you're exhausted. I'm more of like a week nine by type of girl, so I could get a football game in, but... Mm-hmm. If it's early season basketball and I'm in Bloomington, I'm obviously going to go to Upstairs. It's, my, it's become my favorite bar, uh, especially since they added that patio outside. I was back there teaching a class in the spring, and it was fantastic. I loved you know, being there in April and getting to sit outside. So I'll do, go Upstairs, probably do Kilroy's. And then restaurant-wise, if I can get into Zagreb, I'm going there. And the trick is you've got to go put your name in early on like a Thursday at like five, and then you'll get in by eight o'clock. 
that's what I've learned in my post-grad years in Bloomington that I did not know growing up. So I think that um, I think I have a pretty good week, a pretty good bye week if I could accomplish all those things. Bloomington notes via Courtney Carter. I thought you were going to say the vid there. I was never a vid gal. I'm not hipster enough. I mean, I'm not even on the spectrum when it comes to that. I just, I don't know. I'm, 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 people are probably like, why aren't you saying Knicks? You're the worst alum ever. I'm sorry. Knicks is not my favorite spot in Bloomington. And it's not like, a, that's not a secret. Like, I think I've been pretty vocal about that, but it's still a great establishment. It's just not one that's going to be at the top of my list. It's funny to me because when I went to IU, like, and, and I realized I went there in a different era than you guys, but when I went to IU, no one went to Knicks. Knicks is where like the yeah, old same. alumni went. Same. Yeah, it was an alumni bar when right. I was growing up, and I'm not, I don't like biz fries, and I think six the biz in this post-COVID world is kind of gross. Like, that's just not my thing. And I know that's such a controversial, it's probably like too hot of a take for 9 a.m. Um, on your show, so I apologize for that. Yeah, but the phone lines are lit up right now, Courtney. That's right. <laughs> it's just never been... It's never been at the top of my list. I would rather go get an AMF over it upstairs and call it a night. Yeah, exactly. Get a couple aspirin for you in the morning and move on from there. <laughs> um, Courtney Cronin from ESPN with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Courtney, one thing that I've been curious about the Bears, and I get that this regime did not draft Justin Fields, and maybe this is a problem that they might never encounter. But at some point, if Justin Fields has great success, I would assume their offensive coordinator, their offensive system is going to get a look to be a head coach. Like, that's just kind of how it operates with these young QBs. And that's different than what we see here in Indy because the head coach is the play caller. It's his offense. Shane Steichen, this is his baby. He obviously drafted uh, Anthony Richardson. Is that of concern or is this like too big of a problem to even worry about right now? Because Matt Eberflus, the head coach, obviously we know from here in Indy, he's not running the offense. Is that a, a, a concern down the road at all with Justin Fields and his development? If if it works out, I mean, it's the, I guess it's the, the, the what it's the consequence for success. When sure. you have a it's a good problem to have. Who, it is, and I even remember last year, not that he had any formal interviews, but Luke Getze's name was coming up You know, when they were having success. Even though they were losing games when they went 10 straight, it was the New England game, it was the Dallas game, Detroit, Miami, where you saw the quarterback, despite a lot of really negative circumstances with the personnel around him, make hay and keep these games competitive, of course the play caller is going to get a lot of credit for that because he's drawing up what the quarterback is set out to do. And at that time, Luke Getze's name was popping up like, hey, maybe an outside shot looking in. And, of course, we didn't see anything come to fruition. If they do succeed, though, and what is success in Chicago? I mean, some people that have come to camp, a lot of national people from the outside who aren't here every day will say, oh, it could be a wild card team. Those of us who are here every day watching it say seven, eight wins is a great floor for this Bears team to show where you came from three and 14 to, you know, seven and seven and 10 or or eight and nine. That's going to get Luke Getze some notoriety and it's probably going to get him an opportunity as a head coach one day. But how they replace him, what they would end up doing, they're not even there yet because they've got to show that this offense can work now and that the quarterback that they didn't draft is the right guy. Because if if he's not, if he fails this year, if the team fails this year, they've got that extra first-round pick that they can utilize to go get a quarterback next year when we know that the strength of of next year's draft class is going to be the quarterbacks in the first round. And things don't go well. The Bears could very well be in line for one of those, which then would kind of throw everything back a little bit, but potentially not because I think you'd probably still have your play caller at that point. 
Courtney Cronin, I asked this to Kevin earlier. He did not know the answer. I will go straight to the source. Uh, are or are not related to Mick Cronin? I'm not. I would love to be able to claim that. And, I mean, there's him. There's the Portland Trailblazers general manager. I mean, there's so many people with my last name that I have no relation to. It's honestly wild. I feel like it's become a more popular Midwest name that somehow has, like, traveled across the country. Um, I only thought it was a Chicago thing growing up, but apparently it's everywhere. It is of what? I I cannot claim uh, roots to him. Okay, dumb question. It's of what origin? Irish. Irish Catholic last name. I probably should have known that, I guess. But (laughs) Courtney, what's your record on Around the Horn? Ooh, okay, I actually know this. Um, I know I have 22 wins. I think I've been on just under 70 times. So if you do that win percentage, that's, that's just under, that's I think, around good. 30%. So I take it seriously. I know some people go on there and they're just like, you know, whatever. It's a fake game show. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, I want to win. Every yeah. single time I'm on there, I want to win. I'm really competitive when it comes to that. I was going to say, you've always struck me as a very competitive human being. Again, <laughs> Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears. You hear, you see her all over ESPN. The Bloomington checklist looks like. Uh, upstairs patio, uh, uh, Kilroy stop, throwing an AMF, and again, uh, Zagreb, get there at 5.30 to get the 8 o'clock reservation uh, on a Thursday. Courtney, I'll see you later today. Thanks for the time this morning, and I uh, hope uh, Westfield treats you well. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.